And I think that helps you um, focus your perseverance, that I'm not persevering towards the next meal, <laughs> um, that I'm not persevering towards the next job opportunity. I'm not persevering towards the next sale yeah. or I'm not persevering towards the next time, you know, my kid gives me a hug and, you know, thanks me for being a great mom. Um, what I'm persevering towards is honoring and glorifying God. <laughs> Good morning. Um, welcome to Integrate Faith and Innovate. Um, in this new year and season two of our podcast, um, I'm here, Hannah Stoles with FT Chong, and I'm uh, excited to welcome you to this podcast where we have conversations about the role of faith in making day-to-day -day practical decision-makings, um, decision-making in business. And so I'm here with F.T. Chong, Head of Private Capital at Pinebridge Investments. And um, as we jump into the season, we're coming out of 2020 and a time that really called for perseverance and an exploration of the meaning of faith, going beyond uh, our intellect and our emotions. We saw how far intellect and emotion got us in 2020 and really leaning into this opportunity to view the world, not just through the things we can understand and feel, but through the Holy Spirit, through um, our faith and our, our spiritual quotient, not just our IQ and our EQ. So this podcast, we want to have conversations with, with different uh, business leaders and thought leaders in both the academy and at companies that are going to explore with us, what does this mean every day? How, how do we lean into not just what we know, what we've been educated in, um, our emotions, which are important, but also how do we let our faith guide us as we serve and we steward the resources God's given us? So again, I'm here with F.T. Chong and I'm really excited to launch 2020 with some conversations around what this really looks like in, in, our, in our lives. Because uh, I think that we know that if we just lean into reason, we still have to find information we trust, we still have to find um, solutions, and in the meantime, we're navigating sickness and a lot of really hard things in the world around us. So FT, um, Happy New Year. It's hey, really good to year. see you this morning. <laughs> yeah, great. Hey, uh, and um, this is our first uh, podcast this year, and we thought we would uh, <clears throat> kind of set the ground on what the rest of the year may look like. And our different guests this year hopefully can address something around the same themes, which is uh, spiritual caution. And, <clears throat> but um, where we are in, in the world today with COVID-19 and all that. So my starting point is um, uh, Hannah sent out a letter at the end of the year. Maybe you can summarize that for us all. And that's the starting point of what we're gonna talk about. Yeah, so in my reflection over the last year, you know, coming coming back from Indonesia um, with a suspended Fulbright through the State Department as COVID ramped up and really landing back in the U.S. to work on some writing projects and things like that. Um, last year, you know, for many of us was a very unprecedented year in terms of the things that we experienced, um, you know, maybe with sick family members or just working in a completely different way. And so at the end of the year, as I was looking back, I was really reflecting on, you know, the different ways that God calls us to persevere. And I love, you know, we can get legalistic or, you know, hyper-spiritual about anything. I love that about us as, uh, as Christians. And um, in my reflection, you know, I really felt um, this resonance with Romans, um, Romans 5, 
And in Romans 5, which is a letter that Paul writes to the church in Rome, he encourages them to persevere. And I think sometimes, you know, it's with grit being so popular, you know, in, in American culture right now that, you know, you got to persevere, you got to have grit to press through, um, which certainly Paul says, you know, persevere, you know, you persevere to develop character and character, um, you know, hope, but it doesn't start with perseverance. It actually starts with standing in faith because of the grace of God and having peace. And it's in that peace, in that faith and in that grace that God has provided us that we can persevere. So I think, you know, we have this balance of thinking like, I will press through in my own strength. But Paul's actually not telling us to persevere in our own strength. He's telling us to stand, you know, there, therefore we've been justified through faith. We have peace with God and through whom we've gained access by faith and into this grace in which we now stand. So we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we boast also in the glory of our sufferings, the frustrations in the world around us, um, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And so I love this kind of framing it to say, we, you know, we had this opportunity to persevere in suffering and challenges and things we didn't anticipate in life, um, but it doesn't start and end with us. And I think that's, that's really important to kind of think about as we go into this next leg of surviving and thriving, hopefully, hopefully a little <laughs> bit of thriving <laughs> during COVID. I think uh, this year may be an opportunity for a new beginning. Uh, but I wanted to, so in the business world, we need to look out uh, into the future a little bit. And so I wanted to share some of the thoughts in terms uh, of what uh, I tell my people and also what I'm thinking for myself. So um, I will share my screen, uh, business world, we like PowerPoint. Uh, and, but if you're not on video, you uh, will also describe what you're seeing. So um, here we go. So uh, everything I, I want to talk about is around the place called Beersheba in Israel, or if you go to Israel, they call it Beersheba. Um, it's the end of the line. Uh, and so I wanted to talk about how I feel, maybe a lot of you feel, um, the end of the line, when resilience and perseverance is exhausted. So what happens there? So last year, everybody talked about resilience and perseverance, um, but we are exhausted. We are beyond exhausted in some ways. So I feel it myself. So the um, there's a long and winding road to recovery. And uh, I have a picture up here that I can try to uh, describe for you, which I use uh, to tell my people the companies we invest in. Yeah, so if you think, you know, if you if you aren't looking at the visual, you know, imagine in your mind that there is a, um, a deep mountain valley and through this valley is a very winding road. And the amazing thing about this road is when you hit different points on the road and you, you look ahead, it almost feels like you've reached a straightaway, that you're almost out of the winding, that you're almost out of the valley. And then as you keep going, it keeps winding and winding and winding. And, you know, sometimes I think when we started last year, remember, we thought COVID was going to be over in a month or two. And you, you, as you navigate this road through the valley, and, and the interesting thing about valleys, you know, with all the, the mountain peaks on either side, and, you know, in my army days, I did a lot of land navigation. So um, we studied typography like this. And when you think about a valley, you know, it, it tends to be darker, 
you um, it's hard to get a feel for the elevation of the actual road that you're on, whether you're going uphill or downhill, because the mountain peaks are so high on either side. And, and so it's disorienting, right? Navigating valleys is disorienting in life. So imagine this road that's winding through the valley. And um, FT, as we, as we go through this road, um, kind of walk us through the different quarters last year and the different um, kind of yeah. places so in we March, visited. Yeah, so we, in March, we had a shutdown two or three weeks, all of us thought. <laughs> and then it really shut down until July um, when we had um, <clears throat> stimulus from the uh, government and businesses started to restart and then it went downhill again. And in November we had elections and shortly after that some extra stimulus, which actually is still in the works in, in a sense. Uh, but by the fourth quarter as vaccines were approved, the second wave started and now we're in the first quarter of 21. So each of these is a bend in the road as it goes. It's an uphill climb all the way, but each of these is a bend in the road. Now, first quarter, we have COVID-20, I call it, the variants. And some are more, uh, in a sense, deadly because it's more contagious as well. Uh, <clears throat> and we still have many bends to go before we arrive at third quarter, probably the end of third quarter 21, where there's widespread vaccination. So we're on this road. And if you think, oh, the next band, we're out of it, uh, you're going to be quite disappointed. And so I'm going to share the next slide, which is the saying, which uh, different people take credit for it. But when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. So I have a little picture of a guy hanging on to a rope. Um, the question for this year is, what if you cannot hang on anymore? You know, um, I tried to hang on to these types of things before. And I, you won't last that long. So the question is not uh, addressed by people who push the persever perseverance or resilience uh, theme, is that what if you cannot hang on any longer? Because uh, some days I feel like I can't do this anymore. I cannot be in my study anymore 12 hours a day. Um, <clears throat> if you don't believe in God, you really have no choice. You have to die another angle. If you don't believe in Jesus, you have no hope either. Um, so believing in God in a general sense um, is helpful, is not enough. Believing in Jesus um, it's the solution to all of this. But so let me take you to Beersheba. Have you been to Israel before? And no, I haven't. So yeah. this is my first journey to Beersheba, actually, <laughs> this morning. <laughs> well, ever since a lot of people are going to Beersheba this year, um, spiritually. So I have a map up here of Israel. <clears throat> this is a satellite map. Uh, Israel is green until you hit Beersheba. And then the Negev Desert starts there. And um, on the map, you see the uh, boundary line, and that's the Sinai, which Israel, I would say, gladly gave back to Egypt because it's desert. Um, so Beersheba uh, is the south point of the biblical Israel, where you would read um, all of Israel from Dan in the north, which is green and beautiful, to Beersheba. So Dan to Beersheba. And then mark the point where the desert starts. 
And um, I have a picture of what it looks like. This is the historical, this is, I think it's called Tel Bersheba. This is the archeological dig. Uh, it's dry. Um, and at Bersheba today, you can visit uh, Abraham's well. Uh, okay. So uh, this was actually kept and uh, preserved by everybody who ruled the land um, over the centuries, including the Ottoman Turks. But it took an American to build this, uh, to kind of make this into a place that has a cafeteria and a 3D auditorium and all that. Can I just give you a, since you've not been there, can I give you a, a I'm gonna show you something else. Um, so I also have, I uh, pulled it up on, on Google Map to show you what it looks like today. So let me share it. And we kind of have to describe this. <laughs> um, so in Bersheba, the city now, there's a little building called the uh, Abraham's Well International Center. Uh, we're looking at the picture of it. Of course, uh, this was financed, the construction of this uh, was financed by a very wealthy American person. It's a little bit sad because right next door to it is Domino's Pizza. I, I regard this as one of the most holy sites in the Bible. And across the street is a, a auto repair center. Um, so that's much <laughs> Some of the realism of the world around us. <laughs> <laughs> I think people forgot. So if you go in, you get to see, you know, you have lectures about it and this, this is the well. They planted a new tamarisk tree. Um, and you can watch a 3D video and there it is. So uh, if you read the Bible, every one of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, had a lot to do with Bersheba. They mainly lived around it. And when, he, when Abraham first moved there, he planted a tamarisk tree. So actually outside of the center is an old tamarisk tree. I don't know if it's two or 3,000 years old. I doubt it, but it's old. You can imagine um, that Abraham planted it. Um, so Abraham was there. He had a run-in with Abimelech, uh, and he actually named the place uh, Beersheba, which could mean well of seven or well of oath, but they took an oath not to bother each other anymore. Isaac was there, um, <clears throat> actually in and out of uh, Beersheba, but he had moved to uh, about 20 miles further up uh, during a, a drought, and he kept digging wells, and the Philistines kept filling them up, or attacking him and pushing him. So he finally reached the end of the road, the last stop, Bersheba, and he, uh, he, he was at this well again. Um, <clears throat> Jacob um, lived around here as well. And at the end of his life, when uh, Joseph was going, taking him to uh, Egypt, it says he left Bersheba. So he also went into the desert as an old man in the cart. Uh, to go to Egypt, uh, leaving Rochelle. Um, and then Joseph, uh, during the time he was kidnapped as a boy and thrown, you know, taken away by the uh, Ishmaelites caravan, 
he either was kidnapped around here or passed through here because this was the last stop before you go into the desert. So all of them had a lot of connection with this place. But there are two biblical stories which I think will be helpful if, to get us to the point where how do we relate to all of this? One is the story of Hagar. How do, how do I relate to this? So Hagar, if you remember, had a son, Ishmael, really the first son of <clears throat> Abraham, and she was a slave girl. Um, and when Sarah had Isaac, she said, ah, you got to get rid of this woman, and Abraham being the uh, I, I don't want to say anything bad about Abraham, but he did banish her. He um, to his wife, <laughs> even when she was wrong. <laughs> yeah, and actually God came, came to him and said, it's okay, I'll look after that. So early the next morning in Genesis 21, 14 to 19, um, I'm not going to read out the, the whole passage, but Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and and then sent her off with a boy. She went away and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. So she left Beersheba and wandered into the desert. And when the water was gone, she sat down and sat down under a bush with the boy. And she, um, um, and she said, I cannot watch my, my boy die. She sat some distance away and began to cry. And then God came to her and said, what's the matter? Don't be afraid. Um, God has heard the boy crying as he lies there and uh, opened up her eyes and she saw a well of water and then she drank the water and gave the boy a drink. And then that was the new birth, a new beginning. And from there, uh, Ishmael, as you know, became uh, his own uh, whole tribe and grew up. Uh, some would say it's the Arab nation. So that was a new beginning, a point where she sat down and a boy was going to die. So you have a woman, a boy, Joseph, the boy, uh, the patriarchs. And then the final big, big mention of Beersheba uh, was Elijah. So Elijah coming off this big victory against 450 prophets of Baal um, was threatened by Jezebel, who was the wife of King Ahab. And Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. So uh, in 1 Kings 19, it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba uh, in Judah, he left his servant there. And while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he went into the, the Negev, there, sat under a, a bush and prayed that he might die. He said, I've had enough, Lord, take my life. Uh, and he lay down and fell asleep. And there, God sent an angel uh, to feed him. Uh, angel woke him up and said, get up and eat, and gave him water twice. Um, and after he drank uh, and ate twice, twice, he got up. Uh, strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And there, God shows himself Elijah the next day by passing, uh, you know, he, was hide, he hid in a cleft of a rock. So um, I share these two Bible stories of people who have lost all hope. Mm -hmm. 
who have exhausted all perseverance, resilience is at the end. And some days I feel like this. <laughs> you're, 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 you are ex-armed forces, you're tougher. Uh, <laughs> um, and, but it's at that point that I think we get to a place where God can work with us. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, how have you felt? You, you, you've done your move, your two jobs, three jobs, six roles, mother, wife, whatever. Uh, I don't know how you find the energy. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm struck by the, the picture you showed of the tree outside of the well, um, you know, at the, the kind of the outskirts of Beersheba before we go into the desert. Um, there's this picture and the trees growing through the sidewalk, you know, in, in modern day, um, yeah. Beersheba. And, yeah. you know, this, this is such a picture of, you know, when, when we've persevered. And I think a lot of times when we think about perseverance, we think about it very much in the, the space of our, our own careers, our own experiences. And um, we think it means to persevere in our, in our work, in our, well, for me, in our jobs, <laughs> plural. Um, but actually, I think when, when Paul's talking about this in Romans, you know, and, and grit, of course, the way like, you know, we read it in a Duckworth book, you know, it is all about that, you know, persevering in achievement. And um, I think actually what we really see when they, when they fall under this tree is persevering um, actually in faith and not persevering in the things that we, we think will give us hope or security, like, like our job, like, you know, the resources we have, you know, for um, Hagar, you know, her perseverance, it was around having this sign was that that main resource of society yeah. and then for Elijah I mean he's being chased by a, this you know awful queen Jezebel and I think right, you know right after he won the world championship of prophets absolutely after this huge success right um and God showed up massively and he's like immediately afraid and you know he's seen the might and power of God and it's really amazing so I think you know and this is a challenge for me because I'm you know I'm achiever want to you know accomplish things and work hard and um it's easy to kind of get that that military soldier mindset of like i'm just going to do this and persevere and we're not called to persevere in our own strength and so for many of us we need beershebas in our life where we just come to the end of ourselves so that god and you know when we feel completely exhausted that's where the miraculous happens you know if i persevered in my own strength all the time it would be all about me so what we boast in is our hope of the glory of God, not hope of the glory of Hannah. <laughs> and if it was just hope of the glory of Hannah, FT, I'd be, I'd be really exhausted right now too. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you're better than me, I could say that. Um, <laughs> so that's a little bit, you know, um, a deeper, more mature spiritual quotient, I think involves not just depending on the worldly wisdom, which is worldly wisdom today is you reach the end of the rope, tie a knot and hang on. Yeah. Biblical gospel wisdom is you reach the end of the rope, hang on as long as you can, but when you let go, you have, if you are a believer, you have something. God is there, you know, and both, you know, Hagar actually a different friend, um, also spoke to God and, um, Elijah, of course, is, was in constant communication with God that uh, they had, they let go in the sense that both of them said, no, I'm in the desert, I'm going to, 
I'm exhausted. And a lot of people are there, companies are there financially ruined. If you're a restaurant owner, you're financially ruined. If you're any retail, you're, you're, you're how many months of back rent can you keep on? Um, if you are in any service industry that's face-to-face, that's closed down, you're barely hanging on, right? So financially, career, professionally, emotionally, because being locked up at home uh, and yeah, there's a lot of mental issues, and, you know, a lot of uh, mental health issues right now. Um, I think I want to give people hope yeah. uh, in, in this, and I'm going to just share the last two slides and then we can move on. Um, uh, so one is, I have this picture of a desert of Beersheba, um, and it's a, uh, and saying here, is really dry. Eventually, many of us will come to the desert beyond Beersheba. And uh, it really is not a place where any human without a camel uh, can get across or do something about, you know. I, so, and that's where God can sometimes show us who he is. And so uh, the kind of the the highlight of this is at the end of the line when everything is exhausted, when you've tried your hardest, uh, every part of you is completely spent, emotional, physical, mental, everything is spent. You, you realize you cannot save yourself. When you're helpless, uh, you are arrived at the place where God is still at work. And that's kind of my kind of con- concluding thought. God is working in Beersheba. And... Uh, some of the business people, professionals, uh, service people, students, hopefully who are listening to this in the next six months, maybe maybe at, Mers- at the desert beyond Beersheba. And uh, there is hope. In Jesus, there's hope. There is the opportunity to really, there's nothing left to listen to. Listen to what the Bible says. Listen to what the gospel says. Um, because the the creator can can save us. So I thought that would be a good year beginning (laughs) discussion for us. Yeah, it's so amazing. And I think even in the the spaces, you know, um, where 2020 was an amazing year, business boomed in some industries. And um, it's kind of funny every year going into January, whether it's 2021 or, you know, 2015, um, my husband and I always try to do some kind of fast. And we all, it's almost like you go outside of the well and you chop the tree down so you don't have anything <laughs> to comfort you in your perseverance, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it is interesting, like in, in the fasting, you know, you know, it is, it's self-inflicted suffering so yeah. that we can persevere. But the perseverance isn't, you know, again, even though suffering is a, a spiritual discipline or fasting, sorry, is a spiritual discipline. Uh, you know, it really does. It says, what are you persevering in? Is, you know, is it really leaning into God or is it putting your hope in things around you? And FD, I yeah. think this is such an encouraging message, you know, going into this year. Um, we need discernment. We need wisdom in knowing what areas of our life we really can lay down. And maybe there is, a, we do need to just go and crawl under a bush and wait for God to show up because yeah. our own efforts aren't going to get us where we need to go. And, uh, you know, I think that's where the opportunity happens for true hope. Yeah. And uh, 
Bathsheba, the stories in the Bible cover boys, children, a woman, a highly successful top of his profession prophet, <laughs> the patriarchs who kind of wandered around, you know, unwanted people. Uh, so it covers the breadth of the types of people that we have. And um, yeah, you know, and, and yeah, fasting really is, is artificially putting yourself in Beersheba in a sense, right? You put yourself in a place where it's similar. You don't have, you realize hey, where, did, where does my food come from? You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, it's, it is, as with most spiritual practices, very rewarding in that you realize your dependence on God. Yeah. And I think that helps you um, focus your perseverance, that I'm not persevering towards the next meal, (laughs) Um, that I'm not persevering towards the next job opportunity. I'm not persevering towards the next sale or I'm not persevering towards the next time, you know, my kid gives me a hug and, you know, thanks me for being a great mom. Um, What I'm persevering towards is honoring and glorifying God. Yeah. And then God provides. So uh, God opened up Hagar's eyes and said, look, there's a well right there. Go take the water. And then God provided uh, on hot, you know, the angels was, was cooking on hot coals. There was food and a jar of water. Uh, and so, you know, he provides the very simple, you know, uh, daily prosaic things like, you know, this is, you need food and water and have some and take, a, take another nap. Uh, Elijah. So anyway, so that's it, I think. Yeah. And then God provides. So uh, God opened up Hagar's eyes and said, look, there's a well right there. Go take the water. And then God provided uh, on hot, you know, the angels was was cooking on hot coals. There was food and a jar of water. Uh, And so, you know, he provides the very simple you know, uh, daily prosaic things like, you know, this is, you need food and water and have some and take, a, take another nap, uh, Elijah. So anyway, so that's it, I think. Uh, yep. um, just as we close FT, why don't, why don't we just say a quick, a quick prayer, um, you know, just for anybody listening or watching and um, just a, a prayer for hope. I think that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, should I do it? Should you do it? Why don't you go ahead and pray and that would be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Father, for this year. And uh, you renew hope each year. You renew the seasons. And it gives us a chance to mark uh, time so we don't just take life for granted and just live every day as if it's the same. Um, we age. Uh, hopefully we grow spiritually and uh, otherwise. Uh, Father, we are in the midst of a very hard season here for everyone. Um, And worldly wisdom says, hang on, be strong. Uh, But we all know uh, that there's only so much strength that we individually have. Um, And without you, they're really... Uh, it's no choice except to hang on and be strong uh, or we give up uh, in some way. Um, that's not fruitful. Um, with you, 
there is a there is a choice. Uh, we don't have to hang on. We can let go because we know you're there. And with Jesus, there is a hope. The hope that um, you love us so much that you sent your only son to die for us. And so, Father, we just uh, lift this message up to you today. That every day we can wake up and see all the beauty, beautiful sunlight, but also remember Mersheva. That somewhere along the line, we need to deepen our wells of faith to seek you, to know you, to be reassured by you, uh, and, and to have the gospel as our source of perseverance, our source of resilience, our source of strength, uh, not, not our career, not the money we have saved, not our family, but uh, in you, right? In you, we live and breathe and have our being. So we thank you for this message today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm grateful that grace and peace and faith are a free gift from God. So when we do let go, he's there to give us more. So thank you, FT, for joining me for this conversation today. Thank you. And uh, we'll have hopefully very interesting guests in the next few months. Uh, and uh, look forward to our, our listeners listening again. Okay, thank you, Anna. Have a thank great Thank you, FD. Okay, bye-bye.